welcome to episode 43 of the BMCast. Not a podcast that treats its competitive and casual sides differently and makes one out to be the enemy of the other, creating a rift between them that didn't actually exist until we opened our mouths, but the show about playing Magic the Gathering on a budget. I am Scott and I am joined by the Rattleclaw mystic herself, Emma. How are you doing this week? Yeah, doing pretty well, thanks. I'm feeling a lot better about things because I've been going back to the gym and doing a bit of a workout and apparently doing physical exercise does wonders for your mental health. So it's been really, really nice just to get some physical exertion in, feeling a bit more productive as a result from content. It's just things feel like they're slowly coming back together and it's kind of nice. I know it's different in Ireland, but at least in England, things are starting to fall back into place, which is kind of nice. as for content, I've been smashing out a lot of Commander content on MTG Rocks. I've been like doing like lists, like top 10 lists mm. in Commander and stuff. Um, so if you want to check any of that out, feel free to go over to MTG Rocks. Um, also, if you're into Warhammer, expect a couple of articles from me over at Dicebreaker. I'll be looking at some like Warhammer 40k content. Check that out in a few weeks. Cool. Uh, in, in terms of magic, I'm still jamming a load of Strixhaven drafts and seal because apparently I'm exclusively a limited player now and the set set is just so good Scott Mm -hmm. I can't get enough of it I am in two minds whether I want to do the arena open next weekend because there's a big two-day event Mm. which is Strixhaven sealed but it's on arena and it's online it's not in paper and you know as as much as I would like to play play a little bit competitive magic I'd like to play it in paper but it is Strixhaven sealed so I need to weigh that up I need to have a little think about that and plus the economy is horrific and I don't know if I want to support it, but that's that's yeah. a different thing altogether. So, Also, I'm thinking about jumping into another magic project because my peasant cube is now done. Um, because apparently t- if, if I take one thing off my mind, I need to replace it with something else to do. Sure, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't keep that space free. I have mm-hmm. to fill it up with something. Um, so I've been thinking about doing like a, a battle box of like previously loved standard decks. So thinking stuff like Mono Blue Tempo, which we're both a big fans of, Azorius Monument, Blue White His- uh, Blue White Heroic, and you know just jam against each other. I have just like this gauntlet of like, like really cool old standard decks. I think it might be a cool thing just to have you know to remember by, because I'm at that point in like my tenure in Magic that I kind of just want to preserve the nostalgia of really <laughs> cool stuff, and having like really cool old standard decks might be a good way to go. Nasty, I played a spot of pre-con Commander, the, this year's Commander decks, mm. with yourself, the Jessica, and Commander Mechanic on Saturday. Um, and But I'm not going to talk about how that went. So uh, how about you? How things for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm really feeling like a winner. I, I don't know why, though. <laughs> but... <laughs> Boo. <laughs> but, yes. Uh, good news, by the way. My PC is alive again. So we are recording Hooray. through my PC again. This is fantastic. I got a fresh Windows 10 install and the new drive is all set up. I couldn't be happier with it now. There's no more random errors. It boots and shuts down quickly. And it's all because of the new OS install. And I can open the Epic Game Store again. I wasn't able Yay. to do that. I was previously... <laughs> now, people are going to be like, oh my God, what the hell? Uh, I was on Windows 7 because I wasn't bothered upgrading for ages, right? I just wasn't bothered. Oh. And I was encountering problems with the Epic Games Store. It wouldn't let me open. And it was because that they stopped doing support for Windows 7 and they just didn't tell anybody. But now that I'm on Windows mm-hmm. 10, I can open it again. And that means I'm playing Hades again. So yes. yes, Hades is great. I hadn't played in, it must have been like three or four months at least. Actually, probably longer. And mm. I feared I'd be real rusty. But last night I made my fourth run attempt since rejoining. And... Nice. The second and third attempts, I had actually succeeded in escaping, but on my fourth attempt, I 
completed it with the aspect of Guan Yu. That's the last one, the secret one on the spear. That, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, to anyone that doesn't know Hades all that well, it, it means that you basically have 70% less health and healing than usual. So it's really hard. <laughs> but I, I, it turns out I still got it, so that's good. Mm, um, nice. In terms of magic, my most recent article actually is one that's very near and dear to me. It's all about building Spellslinger decks in Commander. So Ooh. I dive into the different directions to take a Spellslinger deck, the choices and the considerations that go into each individual build, whether you want to be proactive or reactive and all that kind of stuff as well, and then choosing the right commanders for the job that you're looking for them to do. So that's nice. over on CK right now, if you want to go check it out. But that's it. Yeah, and then, you know, like you said a few minutes ago, we played a bit of uh, the Commander pre-con <laughs> games there. and Yeah. As I said, less about that the yeah, better. It's yeah. Just you know, yeah. <laughs> it's no big deal. It's just like pff, mm-hmm. it's commander. Like who cares? Mm-hmm. Who plays that format? Yeah, it's, just, yeah, it's definitely mm-hmm. not about the winning for you at all, Emma. No. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> if you enjoy the BM cast and would like to support them. You can become a patron for as little as $3. You'll get access to all of the notes and deck lists they use on the show. And their $7 tier gives you VIP access to the greatest budget resources of any magic podcast. So what are you waiting for? Visit patreon.com forward slash budget magic cast to level up your game and get your stonks on. Alright, so before we jump into the meatballs of this week's episode, I believe, Emma, it is your turn to hit us with a card of the week. Yep, so my card of the week this week is probably one of the best commons from Strixhaven that we failed to talk about in like the last month, and that's Thrilling Discovery. So if you don't know what Thrilling Discovery is, for a sorcery in red and white, you gain two life, then you may discard two cards, and if you do, you draw three cards. So naturally, this is probably uh, one of the best cards to go into Modern Dredge. So you instantly just run four off because you run alongside Cathartic Reunion. Mm. Yeah, and what makes Brilliant Discovery so good in Dredge, not only do you just run four of alongside Cathartic Reunion, but Cathartic Reunion was also responsible for those really us, the early busted sort of Dredge hands. And the fact that you have twice as many of those just doubles that chance, yeah. right? And it raises the chance of just like turn four kills more often. Um, and plus, it's just always nice to have these sort of effects in your collection. So just picking up a playset for a dollar just seems a really good starting point, especially if you want to pick up something like Dredge. Yeah. Want to keep an eye out on. Yeah, for sure. It's a very good card. Okay, so this week we are going to have a quick deep dive in and look at some underrated commander cards. So these are cards that don't really show up anywhere near as often as we think they should in commander for, well, to be honest, we don't really know why they don't show up enough because they're all really good. Like, I think that's the Mm -hmm. whole point behind them being underrated. So I'm going to start us off with the first one to give an example, okay? And Mm -hmm. that is... Narset's Reversal. So, Narset's Reversal is blue-blue for an instant. Copy target instant or sorcery spell, then return it to its owner's hand. You may choose new targets for the copy. So, this is bananas. Like, if you have access to the show notes, you'll see the very first thing I've put down on this is (laughs) bananas. Because it is bananas. I can confirm. (laughs) So, this looks like, on, on face value, and this is what happened when it was revealed in War of the Spark, that it is a little niche like it's only instance and sorceries like is that really all that good and i think one of the reasons why people aren't super high on this like some people are but a lot of people aren't and i think the reason for that is that you, they see the blue blue and go well i mean you could just run counter spell 
And this doesn't actually counter the spell itself because they still get to cast the spell at some point. But the utility on this is immense. So you can bounce your own spell to make a copy. You can bounce opposing spells to sort of pseudo counter it while getting immense value. So let's say, I don't know, your Zephy Thunder Conductor opponent casts like a Magma Opus and you're like, how about you put that back in your hand and I'll get the Magma Opus instead. Yeah. That's incredible value. It does so much for two mana, right? 100%. Like, yeah. Even though it's double blue, which mm-hmm. is a fine casting cost in Commander, yeah. Yeah. I would slam this in every blue deck possible just because of the utility and the amount of instance of sorcery you see in Commander mm-hmm. in general. Stuff like Cyclonic Rift is a good example, even if they don't overload it. You know, like board wipes, all that stuff. Like It's mm-hmm. just... It's just good. Yeah. Good value. One particular thing that I love about it, and it's going to annoy Angelo, the jazz guy in particular, is that if I'm casting, say, an instant or sorcery, and the opponent turns around and goes, oh, Dolvin's Veto, can't be countered, counter-target yeah. on creature spell, and you're like, well, okay, I'll Narciss Reversal my own spell back to my hand, fizzle your Veto, and then I'll just recast it anyway. I can tell you used to be a storm player. Mm, it's beautiful. Remanding stuff back to your hand. Used to be, right. still yeah. am, baby. Uh, true. <laughs> so yeah, Narciss Reversal, it's just absolutely insane. Um, I yeah. could go on about it for days, but yeah, it's very, very good. Right, so next on the list is one I'm a fan of, is Dawn Charm. Mm. So if you're not familiar with what Dawn Charm does, so for one uh, generic and a white, you get an instant, and you get to choose one of these modes. The first one being print all combat damage that would be dealt this turn. Mm-hmm. You can regenerate target creature, or you can counter target spell that targets you as the player. Um, this is a really good way to just have fog without really taking up like a full card slot. It's like mm-hmm. fog with other options, right? So you just don't want an independent just fog card. You can do other stuff as well. Um, you can protect a threat. Regeneration is quite nice. And then you can just cause like a lethal fireball or something like a Boris charm to the face. You can just negate that. It can stop any sort of like direct discard if your opponent wants to do that. Just, it's just really, really nice utility, and it's very, very splashable as well. It's not too intensive on the mana. I do quite like this card. Yeah. It's one of those cards that none of its options are particularly good, but when they're all stapled onto the one card and you have your choice of them, then it becomes incredible. Yeah, definitely. Now, I have two cards that I actually want to talk about here. And the reason I say two cards is because they kind of go hand in hand. They're both within my niv Pay rune deck, and they both serve the same purpose, though they have different text on them. The first mm-hmm. one is Bolt Bend. So Bolt Bend is three and a red for an instant that says change the target of target spell or ability with a single target. Now it costs three less to cast if you control a creature with power four or greater. If I have my Niv-Mizzet out, this costs one Mm. to completely protect Niv from whatever piece of target removal my opponent has. That's incredibly good in terms of rate and the great thing about it is this can be used to redirect anything from removal spells to like planeswalker activations or even a maze of it you can just maze of it a different creature and that can mess with combat maths that can cause your opponent who's targeting one permanent to blow up you can just redirect it to a different opponent or their own permanent or mm-hmm. all sorts i really really love bolt bend it is a pet card of mine the other one that basically sort of fulfills the same role is Stubborn Denial. So Stubborn Denial is one blue for an instant. Counter target non-creature spell unless its controller pays one. And it has Ferocious that says if you control a creature with power four or greater, counter that spell instead. So it's kind of like a force spike until you have a creature with power four or greater and then it becomes a negate. 
A one-mana negate is really, really powerful. So, like I said, I have this in Niv-Mizzet. It's just a fantastic way to protect against non-creature spells yeah. and that kind of thing. And, yeah. Yeah, it seems powerful. I mean, it seems playing modern. So if it's mm -hmm. good in modern, like, it's, it's a good baseline for Commander as well, right? And considering, like, even if you don't run Niv-Mizzet, if you have, like, a Torrential Gearhulk or something like that, you, it still meets the ferocious criteria. So, all in all, it seems a pretty sweet spell. Yeah. Also, going further, if you're in Prismari and you have the Prismari tokens, which are all 4-4s, four mm -hmm. that also helps Ferocious is another thing to remember too. Good point. Yep. All right, so this is one of my pet cards, if we're talking about pet cards in Commander. So okay. one I like to jam in every green deck possible is uh, Reap. So it was printed in Tempest, so it's a bit of an old one. Mm -hmm. um, so for a generic and a green, you get an instant, and it reads... Return any number of target cards from your graveyard to your hand. You cannot choose more cards than the number of black permanents target opponent controls. So yeah, it is a little meta dependent because you do need to rely on black permanents. Yeah. But if someone's playing like a black splash or like a free color deck, just the, the instant regrowth is just such a huge upside. And, you know, if even if you're getting like two or three cards off of this, I think it's still a good rate. 100%. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just so good. And if like, you can get really cute with it. So if someone like has a painted servant and a name black as well, <laughs> that, that works alongside it and you can just get everything back. It's just a really, really powerful card. Granted, it is meta dependent. So you have to keep an eye on the sort of pod that you're playing in. But overall, you're going to get at least two cards. And I think that's a good rate. It's a very powerful effect and it's instant as well, which is really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's a really good card. I played with this once and was immediately impressed by it. However, I then also played it in a pod where there was no black at the table and then it was mm -hmm. a dead card. So, like I said, it is yeah. very meta-dependent, but when it's good, it is good. Mm, it's, very, it's a fun one. I like to jam it in as much as possible. It's a bit risky, yeah. but it's too good to pass up. So another one that this one really surprises me when it comes to Commander, considering like I play a lot of modern and you see it everywhere mm -hmm. there. And this is Lightning Bolt. And we don't need to tell you what Lightning Bolt does because I'm sure all of you have played with it. But yeah, you don't see it a lot in Commander. And that's just really, really bizarre because it's so cheaply costed and it just hits a lot of the like mm -hmm. powerful like creatures in EDH. Because the more higher up you go in power in EDH, talking into CDH territory, a lot of the creatures are just low toughness and power, but they're cheaply costed. So stuff like Lightning Bolt is just always going to be a good spell to have. It can hit the really good cards like, you know, any mana dorks. It can hit like stuff like Notion Thief. It can hit stuff mm -hmm. like Blood Artist. You know, it's just good to have that flexibility instead of just having something that's a little narrow like you can go face with it you probably won't because you're in a 40 life format so it's very rare that it's going to be relevant however if there is someone that wants to like ad nauseum kill and they're on like free life go for it sort of thing mm -hmm. or if they're getting greedy with their bolus citadel you can like ship them off for the last point of damage but yeah like i don't get why red decks aren't just playing lightning bolt and it's just like just seems great yeah <laughs> maybe i'm missing something like it's common enough but not common enough for lightning bolt you know what i mean yeah. like it, it definitely shows up but it does not show up or have the same level of respect that it has in other formats and i think that's incorrect mm. because like you said it's incredible also i would just like to point out that you absolutely can go face with this and i very like one of my favorite kills of all time is when i killed the entire table with a lightning bolt after storming off with a thousand year storm so just fyi uh, fair enough. there you go <laughs> yeah i was thinking lightning bolt in an independent <laughs> on its own not not with all this is it shenanigans but yes you can do that <laughs> if you want to yeah <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of shenanigans, I do love messing around an awful lot, especially with the number of cards in my hand. And the next card is very good for that. 
And that's Heartwarming Redemption. So this is a card from War of the Spark. And it is two red-white for an instant. And you discard all the cards in your hand, then draw that many cards plus one. And you gain life equal to the number of cards in your hand. So let's say you have five cards in your hand and you cast Heartwarming Redemption. While this is on the stack, you have four in hand. You'll discard all those mm-hmm. cards and then draw four plus one. So it's five. So it's card neutral. You're not down a card after casting this, but you cycle through whatever number of cards you have in hand. This is very good, to be honest. Like, it's not the kind of effect that you would normally see. Like, a lot of the time it'd be discard your hand, then draw that many cards. Yeah. And you're normally down a card for doing that. This not only doesn't do that, but it also gains you a bit of life. It's at instant speed, so you can hold up some interaction. You know, you can hold up, like, a Chaos Warp or a Swords or whatever you need to. And... Mm. Yeah, then some decks can take really good advantage of this. Like, I had a Bralin and Shabra's Wheels deck for a while, and just being able to wheel my hand at instant speed mm. for four mana and then gain a bunch of life was just... It swung the games so heavily, you know, like just growing your commanders out of nowhere and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's great. It is a little niche in the decks that it will fit into because they have to be red-white and... Yes. Yeah, but mm-hmm. where it would work would be uh, those kind of decks. Like, say, for example, if you had, like, I don't know, maybe Reconstruct History, that would work nicely <laughs> oh. with this. You discard yeah, all those cards, and then you draw into a Reconstruct History, oh. you just get all those cards back. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, this would be really good in my Lawhold Legacies deck that I played yeah. the other night. It'd be a nice way just to bin everything and then recur it again. So that might have to go in on on your recommendation, I think. That's a sweet one. I like that. Uh, Speaking of a sweet one, this is one, (laughs) this is a card I did not know existed until Scott suggested it to me early before this recording. And that is Chain of Acid. (laughs) So if you don't know what Chain of Acid does. So for four mana, for a free generic and a green, you get a sorcery. And that reads, destroy target non-creature permanent. Then that permanence controller may copy the spell and choose new targets for the copy. It is part of the chain cycle because mm-hmm. you have like Chain of Smog, which is doing big things in like Legacy at the moment with with a Bloom Apprentice. Yep. Um, so yeah, this pretty much in the right pod, depending on like the kind of plays mm-hmm. you play with. This could be like a green Armageddon because you can just keep copying it and everyone could just keep blowing up lands. Granted, you can't kill creatures. But you can hit a lot of the powerful enchantments, powerful artifacts, and some really like, annoying lands. Yeah. One thing I think why you suggested this, Scott, is because it's a little political. And if we know anything recently, you like to be a little political in your games of Commander. So you can kind of use that to sway the tides in a, in a game of Commander. Yeah, I've, I've been known to, to get a little political here and there, you know. Yeah. When I'm not storming off, that that's for sure. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's really fun. Like... It's great to be able to target something on an opponent's side and be like, look, I'm going to make it up to you. You can copy this and blow up that other thing that's annoying you. We both win out of this interaction. You know, like you can you can Mm. try and leverage it that way. Or if you just turn around to the table and be like, who's up for a real weird game? You know, you can cast it, target something of an opponent's and they can copy it. And Mm. like you can see if they want to all agree to like, I don't know, choose at random even, you know, like you can do whatever you want with this. Admittedly, it's not like it's not efficiently costed enough to be, you know, very powerful and very competitive. But 
like it's commander it's fine it's it's one of those it's one of those spells that someone will cast in a game and something really stupid and silly will happen mm-hmm. but you'll talk about it in months times like, oh do you remember when that time that person just went off with chain of acid in a game of commander <laughs> and blew up all the lands and whatever yeah. it's just it's just that silly it's just that ridiculous it could probably generate some fond memories because that's what commander is it's very very random that's it it's great and the final card that I have for us this week is Barter in Blood. So, Barter in Blood is two black black for a sorcery that reads each player sacrifices two creatures. So, admittedly, this wouldn't show up in all of the decks. This is not like a usual board wipe or removal spell or something. You kind of have to have a specific reason for running this, but when you do run it, it's fantastic. Because four mana to kill up to two creatures per player for just four mana is really, really good value. It'll help you get around indestructible and hexproof and stuff. So this is particularly good for, say, like like Voltron decks and that kind of thing, where they'd be like, oh, I'll put out an extra small creature so I can protect against edict effects. It's like, well, this is a double edict, so mm. that doesn't work. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. You can use it to your advantage in the right deck because this includes yourself. You have to sacrifice two creatures with this as well. Yeah. So you could have this in Aristocrats decks where you start to take control of the board and then also gain incidental value. Um, I'm picking up a copy of this for Sir Conrad the Grim because mm. I don't care about my creatures dying. In fact, I actively encourage <laughs> it. Yeah. That kind of thing. So yeah, in the right deck, this is fantastic and it's super cheap. It's like 10 cents. Yeah, it's one because it's, it's in it's in black, right? Mm. So the fact that you're sacrificing creatures is fine. You, you, you've got so many ways to recur it anyway. It's like, it's not a bad mm. thing for you, but if it deals with like, you know, a huge threat that the opponent has, it's just a really good way to... At least try to clear the board. Yeah. Good one. Yep, yeah, it's nice. So that was a list of a bunch of different underrated commander cards that we really don't know why they don't see enough play because, like, I think it's because commander's just got so many cards in it, right? It's just it's yeah. just very hard. There's I think there's always going to be a few that just miss the mark. But yeah, I'd be happy to play all of these mm. in a commander deck. Probably not all in the same one but I'd be happy to play them in my Commander decks because they all do cool, fun things and, you know, they're cheap. You wouldn't put them all in the one deck? You're not, you're not thinking Commander enough here, Emma. Come on, get with oh, it. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll make, I'll make a Nib-Mizzet five-colour and go, go on ahead of you against <laughs> Nib-Mizzet Perude. <laughs> I'll just play, I'll just play Trade by the Tribal in Commander because it works in Modern, so it can work in Commander, right? <laughs> I mean, that's all my decks. Yeah, so yes. <laughs> yes. So... Yes. Everybody listening, if you liked this kind of episode, let us know over on Twitter. Um, This is a new little thing we're trying because Mm -hmm. if you like this, we have plenty more options and cards that we can bring up. And also, if you have any other just general kind of things you'd like to hear us talk about, let us know over on Twitter as well, at the BMcast. So, what have we got this week, Emma, for Q&A? So we do have a few tweets this week. Uh, we've got one from Evie the Maze ninety seven. They tweet to say so after watching your stream yesterday. So this would be, that would be Saturday when we played our commander game that we I don't really want to talk about. They say they saw our stream and mm-hmm. some play t- and they've been playtesting themselves and they found that Victory's Envoy is a slam dunk in the Silver Quill deck. If you go down, if you go solid into tokens, uh, it's only a dollar, so it's a cheap slam dunk at that. Also, they suggest that you should upgrade the commander to Shadrix, which is the Elder Dragon, the Silver Core mm. Elder Dragon, because it's straight up gas, apparently. 
So if you don't know what Victory Envoy does, it is a five mana human cleric for a free free. So that is free generic and two white. Mm. Um, at the beginning of your upkeep, put a plus one plus one count on each other creature you control, which seems pretty good considering I didn't realize how counters focused the Silver yeah. Quill deck is until Scott crushed everyone with it the other <laughs> night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shall we talk a little bit more about how great that deck was and how I won? No. <laughs> I mean, can do. I'll just, I'll just have a nap while you go off on one yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, they're they're, they're great choices. Um, I'm not 100 on Shadricks being the replacement commander for my deck, but it is an absolutely fantastic commander, and it is really, really sweet. I would love to see a deck with Shadricks. Actually, I might have to check that out soon. Kind mm. of want to do a commander deck with all the Elder Dragons. Literal Elder Dragon Highlander. Yeah, literally <laughs> name it the format like it's named after. It'll be terrible, but just imagine. <laughs> can can you realistically call it Elder Dragon Highlander anymore if your deck contains all of the Elder Dragons? Because it's no longer there can be only one. There can be only like fifteen or something. <laughs> yeah, and you'd have to like house rule it. So if I've every Elder Dragon out, I win the game because it's a flavor win, right? You, you got to win on that basis. I yeah. I need I need something to win a game of Commander. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right we have another tweet from jeffrey david uh, they tweeted last week about their mardu pyromancer deck mm -hmm. and they've just touched base again so what they say is in follow-up to my question last week here is my draft mardu pyromancer deck i need to work on the mana base a little bit and i'm wondering about fort Seas, but this is their first build and they just want us to give a little bit of feedback sweet let's take a look got clever lumamancer i approve already <laughs> okay so Two things right off the bat. The assessment of creatures is pretty good, though to me, I think it feels like it's pulling in sort of two different directions. This tends to be one of the one of the sort of the deck building things that happen quite often. Um, I find that I encounter this quite often myself when I'm starting off doing a, a brew. And that is, I see a card and I'm like, oh, this is good. Oh, this is also good. And this has synergy with that mm. and the other. And when you put it together and then you're like, why is this not quite working? The likes of Dreadhorde Arcanist and Young Pyromancer are very, very good for like grinding out. You know, they're getting you extra value. They're getting you additional benefits that last beyond the casting of the spell. Clever Lumamancer is a short burst of value that disappears at the end of turn. So what I would personally look at here is I would look to increase the number of Dreadhorde Arcanists to, I would say four. I'd say it's good enough. Yeah, I'd run four. I think I'd run four yeah. in this deck. I would run four. So that would mean I would probably pull the Lumamancers out now, there's an asterisk beside this. Is I would pull them out because I'm looking at this from more of a mid-range kind of design. Um, if you're yeah. looking at it from more of an aggressive design, then you would pull out the likes of the Young Pyromancers and lean heavier on the Lumamancers. Mm -hmm. But from a mid-range perspective, yeah, I'd go for Dreadhorde Arcanist. I would probably cut maybe one Leon and Lightscribe. It's good. Um, and it does help when you start going wide with Young Pyromancer and it does help to buff up Dreadhorde Arcanist so that you can recast larger spells and that kind of thing, which is very, very good. I really mm. like it. But by itself, it's not fantastic. I would sooner add probably Sedgemore Witch. I was just yeah. going to say that because you're running four Plum the Forbidden and Plum the Forbidden and Sedgemore Witch is a, such a trip mm -hmm. and you're going to just have so much fun 
you know, just sacking all this stuff off drawing cards. And also because Sagemore makes tokens as well, it lends really well into Lightscribe as well. So you've got this nice sort of Mardu tokens mm. and it's a really grindy card as well. So I, I kind of like that addition, like a couple of Sagemore which would be nice, like two maybe. Yeah, um, that. But that is if you want to go into mid-range, if you want to go aggressive, you might want to, you know, just keep the Lumen Monsters in, maybe run some like Monasteries for Spears instead as well and lean into a more aggressive approach. Yeah, for sure. And I like... I weirdly like Lingering Souls here. Normally, I think Lingering Souls is actually not particularly good. Uh, but I think one of the best ways to take advantage of something like Lingering Souls would be to have it be able to get into the graveyard without being cast in the first mm. place. So I would look at something along the lines of... like I, can, I see the first day of classes here, so you could rummage it away. But I think something like Thrill of Possibility might just be a little bit better for that yeah. kind of thing because you can hold up interaction and then if it doesn't if you don't need it you can just end of turn throw the possibility discard the lingering cells draw two cards and then the lingering cells is still there to be flashback and you still have that value mm. available yeah the other thing as well is that first day of class and the one show of confidence i think yeah i'm not too sure on that yeah if you're looking to go in sort of a, like a go wide with a pseudo combo kind of effect like this that would be interesting for sure Though I think at that point, you're probably looking closer to doing something with a bunch of like ritual effects and maybe empty the warrens, which is a totally different deck. So I think they don't quite fit here. I think the removal that you have in here, the fatal pushes, the lightning bolts, the path to exiles, the numbers can be massaged a little bit, but overall it's pretty good. But yeah, yeah, I think the thing that's kind of missing here for me is a little bit of consistency like Thoughtseize I think would be a great addition if you can afford it Thoughtseize would be a great addition mm-hmm. I would go up probably to about six total pieces of targeted discard is generally sort of like I tend to like a free and free split yeah when it comes to like Thoughtseize and Inky myself yeah I think a free free split is it's kind on your life totals as well because you don't have much of a way to gain life and if unless you run Sedgemont which then you do mm. Um, but even then you can't really lean on that because you have such a demanding mana base because you're in free colours, you have all these fetches and all these shocks. I think like a free and free split is quite nice. Yeah. And I do like Plum the Forbidden. That's quite a nice way I to... I love that card. You know, if your opponent is say like Blue Eye Control and they go to blow up the entire board and you go, well, in response, Plum the Forbidden and uh, sack yeah. everything, then you just refill your hands. List- Lovely. If you listened to our episode a few weeks a few weeks ago, we talked about that card quite highly. Mm-hmm. Um and it's very, very cheap as well. And it's a very unique effect. So I just want to see Plunder Forbidden <laughs> and Sedgemore Witch because it's just so much fun to do. Yeah, it's very <laughs> cool. Yeah, so overall, yeah. this this is a good baseline. Um, it just, I, I suppose, the main thing to, to look at here is what direction you're looking to take it. Do you want it to be more aggressive or do you want it to be more mm. grindy? And that's obviously down to personal preference and that kind of thing. But it's also Mm. worth bearing in mind what you might be playing against. Because if you're expecting a lot of like, say, Storm and Tron and that kind of thing, then the mid-range one is not going to be particularly good. You would want to lean more towards being very aggressive to just get them dead before they can get you dead. But uh, if you're looking to play against like other mid-range decks, like say Jund and stuff, I think this might be able to keep up because stuff Mm. like Lingering Souls, Jund hates you know it's they want a one for one and you're going to be two for one or three for one you know so yeah that'd be good but yeah. yeah personal preference i think i really like show of confidence i really do like it yeah. i just don't think it's right for this deck i would i, agree. I would want to manamorphose into show of confidence that kind of thing 
you know. Yeah. A side note, um, just the sideboard looks pretty good as well. I forget how good Kai's Guile is as a card as well. It's good Great. to see that in the sideboard. Yeah, yeah cling, always like a one-off cling to dust as well in modern. I think it's just really good. As, as, as incidental life gain as well, as we were talking about earlier. But yeah, and Vanishing Burst is also a good shout. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the better play modern cards at the moment from Strixhaven. But yeah, this looks pretty fun. It's really nice to see you know someone try and bring back a modern deck from like three years ago, four yeah. years ago. Back in the days of Playfus Looting. I'm sorry, I have to bring that up mm, quickly. But... Ripping peps. <laughs> Thank you for listening to us here at the BMCast, and a special thanks to our patrons. At the Cheering Fanatic tier, we have Alejandro, Kilgore Trout 503. Max Max Magic, Philippe Delmott, The Jazz Guy, The Joe Cheney, Bradley Rose, Dahi Carroll, Ian Holland, and The Pauper Guild. And at the Stonks tier, we have Anga Orr, Scott Creech, Simon Grip, Brian Madden, Nerblin, Everett Brogan, and Tom Telford. Thank you all for helping to keep this podcast on the air. We can't thank you enough. If you want to support us and add your name to this list of lovely people, head on over to patreon.com forward slash budgetmagicast. If you have any questions, comments, or sweet brews, you can email us at budgetmagicast at gmail.com or message us on Twitter at the BMcast. We'll be back next week to give you even more bang for your buck.